Today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Post your jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by visiting ZipRecruiter.com slash real. Any team where the in, where there's an individual on the team who gives off the aura and the spirit and the demeanor that he is more important than the actual team, any coach, any person knows that's actual pop poison. That's mm-hmm. like toxic to the team. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast where we talk about exactly that every single week. Real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about faith, culture, and answer your questions. Today, I want to zoom in on a question or a topic that we talk a lot about, about a lot in bits and pieces, but I want to kind of dedicate an episode to that. And it's particularly because it's on my mind fresh. If you are a homeroom member, this was the topic for March, um, and that is living as a family team, or if you're only married, living as a team in your marriage. And why this is deeply critically important and, and the design of scripture, but yet not the Western individualized design. And so there is a competing ideal in our culture and it is the team versus the individual. Um, well, actually, I think that's, that's what we'll get into a second. I don't think they compete. Um, I think they actually go hand in hand when you're living in them. So, uh, so yeah, living as a family team, living as a married team. Um, I want to talk about that. And I guess we can start with one particular kind of pushback we get a lot in the family teams venture. And that is people tend to think that, um, kind of have this question or this pushback and it ranges from genuinely curious to actually like, this is why they disagree strongly. And that's that kind of like, you're going to bury the individual type of thing like that, you know, like, Oh, you're going to just bulldoze the individuals. What about their talents and their giftings? Do they, it, it's funny because it re, it's kind of revealing the cards because again, the end of the, the American ideal is that the individual is limitless that there's no limits placed on an individual. That is what our culture desires. That's our highest value. And that's how we, how and why we built the country, how we built it and why we have technology the way we have it and why we have consumer goods like the way we have it, because we want to be limitless. So the minute you start putting limits on the individual, then it becomes, um, it's just interesting. So that, that, so, but I think sometimes we reveal in that question of like, basically, um, what do you do when you feel like you want to live in the family team, but then you're scared to dampen the individual or kind of make them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm trying to think of another way to phrase it, but I think that might kind of make sense. And I think the, the, the well, first... I think because, um, sorry. Can yeah, I no, go ahead. Family team, we don't really hear that phrase a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, hey, let's have a family and it's a nest. And then we send them off and they yeah. go do their individual things. And we want to provide, while they're in our nest, we want to provide them with all the opportunities to grow and become the best that they can be mm-hmm. so that they can be successful or maybe not successful, but just like living in their callings or their passions. And so we send them out and um, we're kind of 
offering something, wanting to shift it a little bit and say like, hey, family is a team. The Lord has given you each member of your team for a reason. You needed them. Your calling is together. It's not all these individual callings. It's like, hey, we needed these giftings and whatever it is to have this calling together. And so we're on mission together. And so what does that look like? And I think a lot of times that can be really mind-blowing because a lot of us didn't grow up hearing that and whether we were taught family or not taught family we have these um preconceived ideals yes thank you and so i think that's what we're kind of rubbing up against maybe totally totally and so guys and and it's funny too because i think sometimes when people kind of spit this back out to us of like hey um you know like oh that's dangerous or that's problematic because it's just going to quash the individual and they won't have any space to flourish or be creative or do what they like or do what they're talented at and i always go like that's not you're not talking about family team right there you're talking about fascism (laughs) like you're talking about nationalism from like world war ii and other dictatorships like that's those are miles apart is what i'm trying to say (laughs) like like hitler and mussolini actually had the view that the nation was more important than the individual and they were willing to then bulldoze Mm. and ultimately kill people because of it. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's brutal dictation, dictatorship, fascism, uh, nationalism, and a couple other kind of versions of belief. And so here's another way to put it. There's a very, there's a huge difference between like Mussolini's Italy and the golden state warriors. (laughs) Okay. Like (laughs) this one is brutal and not like, that's not a team. That's like a whole belief system about like actually Mm -hmm. like crushing the individual. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and golden state warriors is a, team. And so like, I just think it's funny. I think we kind of mix the, mix the metaphors there and mix the things of get the, the target wrong. And so yeah, I think the sports language is probably where you see the best helpful team dynamic that you can kind of then start unpacking every single truth. So here's another, here's another thing that's kind of food for thought that I think is helpful to us is do we really believe like I, here, here's the, here, we'll put our cards on the table. I believe, and we believe that when you're living in a team mentality, then you actually flourish more as an individual. They're not Mm -hmm. competing. They're not competing. When you live as a team, then you're called up into a greater, bigger story. And I believe you can actually flourish more as an individual and actually just accomplish more because you're getting the resources Mm -hmm. and the talent and the skill and the pedestal of the team. Yeah, that's so good. Like Steph Curry is Steph Curry because of his team. LeBron is LeBron because of his team. Like these are not individual sports. And and, and so they become more individualized and iconic based upon their team. Mm -hmm. When their team succeeds, when the team wins championships. So I just think that's an interesting thing to start. Like, here's another way to put it too. Like, um, so many times we kind of say, and in the West, we really believe and show our cards that we want the individual to be kind of raised up more or give them every opportunity or, you know, let them kind of not, not, basically we're so scared of squashing them that we basically say like, you do whatever you want. Like you're the most important thing, not the team. Mm -hmm. The individual is more important than the team. Whatever you want, whenever you want, whatever feels good, do it. Um, now here's a question: Have you ever known any sports team to have that ideal that didn't that wasn't just poison, like literal poison? Like I'm playing on playing on sports teams for 17 years of my life. It any team where the in where there's an individual on the team who gives off the aura and the spirit and the demeanor that he is more important than the actual team. Any coach, any person knows that's actual pop poison. That's mm-hmm. like toxic to the team, right? Um, Tom Brady and some of these other iconic players, they flourish because they actually, you know, support their team, yeah. uplift their team, thank their team. No, they can't do it alone. So, I mean, we all know those people where it's kind of like they're trying to get their individual accomplishments on the team and when, and that's the highest ideal to them and they don't actually play like a team or have a team mentality. And that's just like poison. 
And so I think we don't, we need to realize like how poisonous that is to a family. It's the same thing. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I think a lot of times we fight against the team mentality because a lot of times our coaches are missing. Yes. And so. Well, it's Lord of the Flies vibe. It's like, it's, no, it is. Like when (laughs) there's not. If the dad is, if there's no dad at home, if he's not involved, if he's more consumed with building his business than building his family, then it can be really hard to have a team mentality because it feels like, well, if he's an individual, then we can all be individuals or there's not that coach to like really pull the team together. And the mom can only do so much. And so I think, um, that, and, and, and obviously single mom, that's a totally different thing, but within like, if there's a mom and dad at home, but the coach is gone a lot, that can make it really hard to be a team. That's so good. I loved what you said there. That the it all trickles down from the father, mm-hmm. right? That the father sets the pre. Like he's he's almost he's showing with the story he's living that like I'm an individual. It's about my right. work accomplishments. It's about me sacrificing mm-hmm. every sacrificing the team on behalf of what I want. Right. Nothing that works bad. We all work, right? But you know what I'm saying. Like the kind of the person who sacrifices his family for work. That, or that's, I think what we talk about in family teams is like we need to give a vision for the men in our the men in our culture that men are created to build. They want to build something, but instead of having the vision to build a legacy and to build a family, they think that it, the answer is work. So they build a business, they build whatever for their, you can say this so much better than me, but, um, they spend all their time building something, whether it's sports or a hobby or whatever, instead of like, Oh, God has given me a family to build into and to create a crazy, awesome team and to have a legacy. And so then when they shift to that, then the family really flourishes. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's so, I think that's exactly true. I think that's so true that it starts with the dad. There's a trickle down effect. So dads, if you're listening, I would just encourage you, are you exhibiting a team mentality to your family? Mm -hmm. Because I think also it's really bad to demand a team mentality from your kids when coaches, it's the opposite. Coaches, the coaches that got the most out of me and coaches that got I know the most out of my friends were ones who kind of, you could tell they were giving their all. So then if you kind of then wanted to mm-hmm. um, surrender your all. Does that make sense? Well, you just knew that you were like really loved, wanted. Yeah. They pursued you. They well, poured I, into you. Well, I feel like it's a metaphor with Jesus too, guys, that like he doesn't force us to obedience. Mm-hmm. He goes so far first, meaning he pursues, he yeah. dies, he loves he resurrects and then that action then woos you to like an action. Mm-hmm. And I think that's similar with like a father or, or a mother, but the coaches and to their kids is that like when you are, and again with coaches with sports teams, man, it's so true that when I could tell that they were sacrificing, when I could tell that they were getting up early and thinking about me, when I could tell they were trying to, you know, they were mm-hmm. angsty and struggling over a problem I was having because they took it on as their own problem man, that makes me want to just bend over backwards for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true with parents that we have to continually show that as coaches, we're not just demanding this from our kids, but like we're teaching our kids how to sacrifice first. We're teaching our kids how to love first. We're teaching our kids how to forgive first. And that then by example, and obviously calling that out and teaching that that is what usually woos and kind of solidifies a lot of those behaviors. Mm -hmm. Cause you're right. Sometimes we ask this of our kids when like the parent isn't doing it first. Right. And that'll never go well. And so I think, yeah, the coaching mentality is really helpful with the team of like, we are coaches and coaches have a vision for the team, right? Mm-hmm. Like no team would ever win if the coach just shows up and says, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing today. <laughs> the team would say, <laughs> right. oh, that's like your responsibility, mm-hmm. right? 
So again, that's an encouragement to moms and dads out there. Like, are you coming to, to play every day? Are you coming with a vision for your team? Do you have the whiteboard out because they're looking for a coach? And the cool part is there's so much joy stepping into a family coach position and that God has equipped you for your own kids. You're not ill-equipped. You have it. You have what it takes. You are incredible and gifted and talented and exactly what your kids need. It's just about activating and tapping into all that. So... Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Daily Harvest. I don't know about you guys, but when was the last time you ate breakfast that you actually felt good about in the morning, not a bowl of sugary cereal uh, before you inhaled running out the door? I know for me, this actually really matters. I get up early. I try to get a lot of really good work done early, so nourishing my body really matters, and Daily Harvest helps me with that. Now, if you don't know what Daily Harvest is, they're incredible. They're awesome. They basically deliver carefully sourced, chef-crafted food built on fruits and vegetables, and everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it. And you can choose from over 50 nourishing options, which is really, really cool, from smoothies, ready to blend, to savory, harvest bowls and soups and more. And each single serving cup takes one step to prepare. You just add water or milk to the smoothie or you heat up the bowl. It's awesome, and their ingredients are carefully sourced for maximum nourishment. They're the easiest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables first thing in the morning, before bed, and any time in between. So we want to hook you guys up. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code REALLIFE to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code REALLIFE for the three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Yeah, I think that's a first good start, I guess. And then I want to kind of turn and talk practicals. How do we do this then? How do we kind of really try to make sure we're pushing against the individual and embracing a team mentality? But make sure I also can reiterate, and you guys heard that, yeah, I don't believe they're competing ideals. I believe that they're, that when the team is the most important thing, then you get the individual and if it's living in God's design and you guys all have a bigger mission, a bigger story, then the individual will flourish and succeed better mm-hmm. and actually willingly surrender their obedience, not be forced. I think that's kind of the magic dynamic. And this, yeah. and, and again, I've played on plenty of sports teams that that's the magic dynamic. Those are the teams that win championships is that they're all going you know above and beyond. They're all sacrificing for each other. And there's a sweat equity of like, we're in the trenches together. I just keep getting this picture of Remember the Titans. Or I was gonna say like Coach Carter. Yeah, yes, Coach Carter, like Remember the Titans. like all the movies. Yeah, there's so many good coaching movies, man. And like that is a family. Yeah. Because a family rallies. A family sticks mm-hmm. together in the hard times. Yeah. They don't splinter, they don't divide because if it's about individual accomplishments, then you can't, you have no power to stick together when it goes bad right right? it's only teams that have a strong team that can walk through really difficult stuff so and i think when you are a strong team i just think wow i feel like the kids feel so safe and secure mm-hmm. because they know they're not alone they don't have to figure things out they don't have to go to all their friends to find all this advice it's like they have this team and that they're they can go you know what i mean it's like this strong bond with each other yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple different ways to get practical, guys. I would say one way that we try to do this, and by the way, if you're still listening and you're not a family or a marriage, you're a single college student, you're a young professional, please know too that actually when we talk about this in the back of my mind, it's actually, I feel like we're talking to everyone still. Mm -hmm. Because even though you're maybe a single college student or a young professional or an older single person or whatever, you are in a family. Yeah. Right. Like there's no one who is not born into a family. Like you're Mm -hmm. born into a family. So just because you might not be the mom and the dad over like children, we're all in this family dynamic and we're all part of a team. No one's called to walk individually on some sense. And I actually think adult kids, 
like some of the best family teens I've ever seen are the ones that are comprised of like multi-generations with adult kids who maybe they don't have kids and maybe they do and this side over here does. Just kind of a combination of all the different types yeah. of walks of life. I think those are brilliant teams mm. and really world impacting teams. So the first thing I would say is you have to start with language. What's really interesting when you start digging into any successful team, coaching, baseball, football, basketball, national championship teams, the Golden State Warriors, et cetera, they all have a very particular language and they all share that language. There's very specific words that's kind of insider language. So there's two different versions to this. One is you have to have insider language, which another way to put like you have to have code language for your team. It kind of that does something to kind of bolster like, oh, this is a special group that not everyone is allowed in. Mm. Right. Not like an exclusivity way of like, oh, we judge people, but just like, oh, this is a special cool, like whether it's a secret handshake, but like with language, right? So kind of like that intimate insider language, but then also with language and making sure your language in general points towards teamhood, not individuality. And so we, and you, it sounds so tiny guys, but oh man, does it work? Like even the tiniest thing where I talked about this on Instagram a couple weeks ago, where when we travel, it used to be like, oh, daddy's going to speak. Okay. We don't say that anymore. Now it's like, you know, maybe dad's going to speak, but our team is sending out daddy to mm -hmm. speak. Um, our, our family is called to where daddy's going. He's just the talking head to go do it. Yeah. He's the ambassador on behalf of the Beth key team, mm -hmm. not daddy's going and doing this thing that no one else cares about or is a part of. Mm -hmm. So like that's all that was, was a language shift. Immediately we saw results from that. Yeah. Immediately it felt different. Immediately we felt like we lived more in the design of what we're called to do. So that's crazy that a language difference can have such ramifications. The next one is like, um, make sure you're saying like cultivate, especially with toddlers, like cultivate that team. Like whenever there's a trouble or whenever there's toughness, or discipline or anything, we always pull out the team language of like Kinsley's the leader and the captain of the team, we say. So I say like, hey, that's not the team need, like the phrase I find myself seeing a lot is the team needs you. Mm -hmm. Like we actually need you, Kinsley. We need you. Um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated, but our, but this team needs you right now. And specifically, you know, if it's a discipline or a fight or something, it's like your brother needs you. You're a leader over him and you can show him love. You can show him an example since he's younger and he hasn't learned it yet and he's going to learn it through you. So this team needs you. So stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Do you got anything on that in the language or thoughts or how you kind of cultivate that or do that as a mom? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here soaking it all up. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the captain language is huge. Like we yeah. use that. The firstborn I think is easier to kind of get language for like role, but then you have to then process the, the middle child, younger kids, etc. But everyone has a role. And I think not trying to buck the kids' roles, but actually getting them to live in it, again, is for their design. Like, the worst thing you can do for a team is tell everyone on the team they're the quarterback. Like, that's not, that that's not, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> no, that you can't play a game that way. So then this really comes down to spirit-ledness because this is where you don't want to, you want to make sure that every kid is so, you're telling every single kid, you are vital and necessary to this mission and God put you in this family because we need you. We could not accomplish where God is taking us without you. And that's every single kid. And you can use kind of language for that. You can kind of call that out in them. And like I mentioned in a previous episode with Cannon right now as the middle child, I feel like he's the emotional bridge between the children right now. And so I call that out in him and I say that to him and he's so sensitive and kind and sweet. I want to make sure, especially as a boy, that he doesn't lose that. Mm -hmm. So I call that out and I encourage that in him. And so, yeah, language is like step one before you start getting into like activities and stuff. But mm -hmm. anything else you want to add there? Sorry guys, I don't have a lot. Okay, it's just okay. So good, I'm taking it in. <laughs> so then, and then I think the, the the. Well, I think the one thing I would add to that is I think. There we go. I was growing up as an only child, I just assume like, oh, with kids, everything should be fair. It should all be on the playing field. I'm like so scared 
I was so scared that the middle child would be the middle child. You know, you've Mm -hmm. heard that before. But I think recently I've just had this mind shift of, no, the Lord specifically has each child in their whatever you call it, position. Yeah, roles, like birth order, child, rank. Birth, yeah. yeah, like there is something to that in the Bible and the Old Testament is very clear. Like The birth order matters. Birth yeah. order matters. And I think American culture, we want to buck that. And so just like stepping into it and saying, oh, you're the oldest, so you have more responsibility, but we're going to bless you. You're the middle child. Maybe you're the bridge gapper, whatever, the youngest child. You bring so much joy, whatever it may be to speak those things over them and not resent it. And I think if you do that, then the kids don't resent it either and they Mm -hmm. can find a role and a purpose as their um, role. You know, like they're not... I just... Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's really a new shift for me. And um, I think it's been really monumental in our family. I can already see the difference in our kids and treating training sis to be the leader, but having a a servant's heart as the leader and there's responsibility there. Just those things I think are really important. And so to not be fearful of, um, instilling that in your kids, it, it doesn't have to be fair. Like God didn't make it fair. And there's a reason why they are the second child or the third or the fourth. And so leaning into that. And And I think what you're saying, when you put it to a team mentality, when it's like, oh, you're the quarterback, you're the defense, you're, you know, you're the Marshawn Lynch, you're the Russell Wilson, (laughs) all these things, like they're all really important. It's just, you have different roles to fulfill and to find value in that. Yeah. And guys, here's where that can be problematic is if as parents, we're not deeply pushing into the Lord for him to give us a picture for our children of his heart. Mm -hmm. So that goes really well. And it's in God's design when you are seeking the heart of God on behalf of your children on who are they? Mm. Who are they? It goes bad when we are lazy and we just kind of don't do anything. Does that make sense? Like when we don't pursue, like, so I think whenever people have those, yeah, whenever people have those pictures of like someone getting overlooked or something like that, that's Mm. because usually those parents weren't seeking the heart of God on behalf of that child. And who is that child? The team needs that child. And so you're kind of like seeking God to give you the word and the roles and the picture for your family. Mm. And then trusting that if that's in his design and you've heard his voice, then that is for joy and for blessing for everyone. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is ZipRecruiter. I don't know about you, but running a small business, doing a bunch of different things, having a bunch of jobs, a bunch of different things and tasks that need done, it's really challenging to actually find qualified candidates, and it takes a long time. And that's why ZipRecruiter actually helps with that problem and makes it easy. They are incredible and awesome, and they want to hook you guys up at ZipRecruiter.com slash real. Now, real quick, if you don't know ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there, which is really cool. With their powerful matching technology, they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. And as the applications come in, they analyze each one and spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. So right now, they want to hook you guys up, people listening. And so you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive link and web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com real. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com real, R-E-A-L, ZipRecruiter.com real. Um, and so, yeah, so language is huge guys. And that's kind of comes even then with birth order and stuff like that. Birth order is a fascinating thing. We're like one of the only cultures that literally doesn't care. Like every culture in all of human history and the East still does certainly, certainly care about birth order. We weirdly, again, don't want to put limits on anyone's and start talking about birth order puts limits on someone because, well, 
you know, uh, that means you, we kind of say in our culture, you can be whatever you want and do whatever you want. Well, in some sense, sure. And I think that's actually our blessing in the West is that we kind of have told people that and we've, that's led to a lot of blessing, but like at the same time, like we're kind of like almost lying to our kids because when you have one child, that is a fundamental different team and relationship with the parent than when you have five, meaning like when the fifth child is two years old versus when the first child is two years old, that's a very radically different experience as a two-year-old. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so to try to equalize that and flatten that is just almost lying, in my opinion. And we actually do when we try to lean into the fairness and lean into, it's like, it's not telling the truth. Like, that, it's not fair. Like this, you cannot ever live the experience of your oldest sibling because you have five siblings. They did it when they were two. Mm-hmm. You just can't, it can't happen. We can't yeah. replicate that. I'm sorry. So um, that, that's a huge part. Okay. So then another way we do, I think it gets down to is like, then again, the, the, the sports analogy is really helpful of like practices, games meetings, debriefs, celebrations, all these different things. You kind of have to think in that realm of like, what do good teams do? They do all of those. Too much practice, no celebration leads to burnout. Too much practice, no games leads to no purpose. You know, only celebration, but no practice or games feels like there's not enough work or mission. So I think those are really good places to start of like, what are, what would be a practice to your family team and what would be a game? I think every, I can't answer that because I feel like that's a little bit spirit led and different, but kind of gets into the mission of your family that I think is a really fun conversation to have. Well, first of all, I'll say, what's your game? What's the mission maybe in this season? So for us, I'll give you ours and ours with toddlers. I don't feel like this is go change the world. <laughs> I don't feel like the mission is go change the world, go do X, Y, and Z. I feel like our mission currently is to equip and encourage and resource people as family teams and on the internet. But then locally, I would say, I would say similarly, that's the mission, but also on top of that, like even more localized, I would say like, we really care about hospitality. I feel like that's actually part of our mission to have people over for dinner, to be engaged in like kind of relationships and rhythms in the home with other people. So we want to make sure that our family is set up for that mission. Meaning that when we have people over for dinner, it's just not chaos with our kids running around doing X, Y, and Z. Now, of course they're foreign too. So there's a level of that with that. That's true. But like, it's just a reverse engineering guys. Like we believe that's a hard part of our mission. So then we actually probably train at the table more than most people I know because the table is our mission field, right? So like that, that's just an easy example. And there's more of those, but like we take, we take the eating time really serious so that as a practice, so that then when we get to the game, like we just can play the game. Does that make sense? Um, and that they're trained well for that and that we're trained well for that. So, and we can be a team and it's so fun to already train sis to kind of like, and she loves it because she's got such a servant's heart to clean up the dishes, to help the team in that way. You okay, girl? What do you want to say there? We got loose the it's goose. Like speaking just, of the table. I know. She's like, I'm hungry. Okay, guys, we might have to cut this one a few minutes short. But um, yeah, that's what I would say. Would you, would you add anything else to that? She's trying to multitask, guys. So I don't think her brain's all there right now with like baby and yeah. Since Lucy, well, since I've been pregnant, it hasn't been all there. But <laughs> pregnant? That's like a year ago. <laughs> exactly. Any um, mamas out there with me? <laughs> oh no, you're all there. You're all there. Um. Okay, well, I was gonna say. So yeah, I think I um I guess we'll kind of end this. I'm sorry, guys, just because I know we don't have add time. Add some encouragement. I feel like this whole episode's been encouraging. Oh, okay. Maybe I guess we differ on how what's encouraging, what's well, not. Just eightness, you know. Here's what I'll say, guys. Like. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're old or whether you're young, whether you have kids or whether you don't have kids, you're part of a family team somehow, either people above you, below you, or like, you know, horizontally from you. And so I would say, man, 
it's really encouraging to realize that God's design is to connect us more to people and make us more dependent on people than we like to think in the West. Like it, it comes down to what you think the true vision is for human flourishing. Do you really think the true, the, the West version of the true vision for human flourishing is take away all your limits so that you can access all the benefits of life individually. That's the vision of human flourishing in the West. If only we can get to a place where there's no more friction or limits, then we will finally be happy and find joy and flourish. God's design is almost, not that we would be have a ton of limits, but it's almost counterculture and opposite of that in the sense of you will find joy and flourishing not when you submit to Jesus or when you submit to Jesus, but also when you submit to each other. There's that language is all over the New Testament, that when we live in submission to each other, and then we believe that that limit, that difficulty of human relationships, that process actually is what it means to be human and what it means to follow Jesus in those teams, whether as the family of God, the big capital F family, the church, or in our micro families where we live or where our parents live or where we raise our kids. So, and what's cool is those are competing ideas, guys. The West's version of individuality versus individuality found in submission to another um, in a team. And I think the cool part is God's idea wins. It wins out. Meaning like when you live in that, you start to see the feedback loop of, oh, this is harder. This is harder and this is more difficult, but it's way more enriching. It's way more beautiful. It's way more fun. It's way more life-giving. So yeah, would you kind of close with anything or add anything or drop a bomb or Sorry, guys. That'll be the fourth time I've said, said pass it to you. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> just nope. you drop an encouragement bomb. I don't know. I, I think what you said was just so good. Okay. All right, guys. This is a short one. Lucy's signing off. Real life podcast here. I know. <laughs> hey, we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>